your girl Rebecca and Lily, and you're listening to Just Cooly Things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Cooly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode forty-eight. And we are your bootyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey, and happy Cinco de Mayo to all that are celebrating. Yay! I know I'm going to be celebrating today. And with a with a possibly Taco Bell or some local Spanish food, we'll see. So keep you updated nice. on that. What nice. are, What are you gonna do to celebrate Cinco de Mayo? Uh, I might go to um, the Garden Center or Home Depot <laughs> with my mom. Okay, that works. Get outside. That, it's nice. That counts as celebrating Cinco de Mayo, right? I'll I'll listen to a little. Music, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, you know what? As long as you're just celebrating, it's a nice day. Any excuse to celebrate. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, as some of you guys may or may not know, Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 48, almost 50. But if you guys are new listeners, this is the deal for this Quarantine Spooky Story Special. So, Lily and I each read five encounter stories that we find online. We give our feedback on it, so on and so forth. And, yeah, we've been doing this every day since we've been in quarantine. And that means that it's been 48 days of quarantine, which is crazy that we are almost at 50. Unbelievable. I can't believe we're really doing this. I know. And it's so funny. Like, so many people have been, like, posting on their Instagram, like, wow, day 43 of just ghouly things. And um, (laughs) we're glad you enjoy it just as much as we enjoy recording these because it's really fun reading all these stories and reading them to you guys and getting your feedback on them. And so, yeah, thank you for, you know, supporting us and listening every single day to our wonderful voices. It's appreciated. So if you enjoy the Quarantine Spooky Story special, uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars and review us. Every rate and review helps us build ourselves up the chart. And if you're not listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Google Play, wherever, no big deal. If you can just screenshot your favorite episode of ours, post it on your social media, we would totally appreciate it. It costs zero dollars, takes less than two minutes, and it means so much to us, you guys. You have no idea. So thank you in advance. Look at Rebecca go. You know, I got to get all the business stuff out of the way first before we get into some spooky, kooky, ooky stories, you know? True, true. All right, Lily, ready to start? Born ready. Let's hear it. Okay. This one is called In Two Worlds at Once. Oh, Okay. I was requested to tell my dad's ghost stories and experiences. Ever since he was little, he's always seen them, anytime, anywhere. He doesn't really like telling us, his children, what he sees because he thinks we might get scared. So he's only always told my mom what he sees. I only know of a few stories told to us by my mom. And so there's a few. There are, let me see, there's five stories here. Okay, here we go. First story. My parents were waiting at a drive-thru at Tim Hortons. My dad was in the driver's seat when all of a sudden he started screaming while looking at his driver's window. My mom, of course, was startled and asked what was wrong. My dad said a man or a woman appeared just outside his driver's side, but then the person looked like he or she was in an accident and passed. Apparently, the person was all bloody and it just disappeared. Second story. When my dad was little, he was an altar boy for many years in the Philippines. One day, my dad was just cleaning near the pews when suddenly 
he can see a bunch of souls kneeling on the pews, praying and begging God for forgiveness. My dad said they all looked like they were in pain and agony. Third story. My parents attend this thing called Lord of Pardon. This is when people would go to random people's houses to pray every weekend or something. At the time of the prayer, the owner of the house would have three statues, Jesus on the cross, Mother Mary, and Santo Nino, baby Jesus. Uh, Whenever the prayer is done, the three statues uh, would go to a new house who needs prayers. It could be a prayer for anything. If a family member passes, the group would bring it there in time of need, anything. Anyways, my parents' friends texted my dad asking if they want to come to a house to pray. My parents didn't know who the owner was or what they were praying for, but most of the time it's just a random person's house. My dad said sure, so they went to the house. They were praying in a row. When all of a sudden, my dad fell and created a domino effect, so everyone ended up falling. Oh, my God. My mom, who was beside him, was like, what the hell, and looked at my dad, and his eyes were still shut so hard. Uh, My mom thought... One second, I lost my place. Ah! My mom thought that was kind of weird, so right after the prayer, the owner offered food and drinks, and my mom started eating and talking to people. My dad was talking to the owner when suddenly my dad wanted to leave the house. My mom was like, what the hell? So she left with him. Uh, He told her that while they were praying, he heard someone behind him mumbling, almost like praying with them, but he couldn't make up the words. That person behind him pushed him and and he opened his eyes for a split second and it was an old woman who pushed him to go in front of my dad who was near the statues. He said she turned around and my dad saw her face and she looked so angry. Uh, And that's when he shut his eyes because he was terrified. So when the prayer was over, he was talking to the owner of the house and my dad was like, oh, where's your wife? And the owner said, oh, she's the person we're praying for today because she just passed away recently. (gasps) And he pointed out a photo and it was the same exact woman he had seen who was praying behind him. Of course it was. Of course it was, right? How else would the story end? Okay. Fourth story. Um, My dad's job requires going to his client's houses. One time he was sitting in his client's living room when he sees an old man just smile, an old woman, sorry, an old woman just smiling at him at the stairs across the room and just slowly went back up the stairs. My dad asked the owner, oh, is that your mother? And the owner looked confused and he's like, oh, my mom passed away. I already live alone. Um... (laughs) My dad, of course, didn't want to say anything, so he just said, oh, okay, never mind. My dad <laughs> said it seems like she's always just there watching over him because she's, he, sen- he sensed that she's a good soul. And the fifth story. This happened about a year ago. My dad's job required him moving to a different province. My mom stayed with us for a bit while my dad moved out first. He was renting a townhouse for just a few months. One night, I get a few missed calls at like 12 a.m. from my dad. And I'm like, what the hell? Why is he calling me so much? So I called because I had a weird feeling. He picks up and starts whispering, I'm in my room, but I've seen someone downstairs and now it's moving furniture around and I can see its shadow walking back and forth underneath my bedroom door. I tried calling your mom and your siblings, but they're not picking up their phones. I'm scared. Uh, I've never heard my dad scared like that before. He kept asking me over the phone. Did you hear that? He was talking about chairs moving, and he was shit scared. So I felt so bad he was all alone. So I eventually got a hold of my mom with a three-way call. After that incident, he got fed up and went to someone we knew who was a spiritual healer. He asked her to remove his third eye 
and successfully she was able to lessen the activity, but my dad still hears things he doesn't really he doesn't really see those things anymore. Anyways, those are the only stories I can remember. My dad has a lot more, lol, but I won't but I don't want to ask him. Ooh. The end. Yeah, that guy, I'm glad that he took the action to try to get this all resolved because he's going through some crazy shit right there. Yeah. God bless your dad, because mm, <laughs> he went through some yeah. real spooky stuff. Right? How crazy is that that the woman in the picture was the woman that he saw praying? He was probably like, Jesus Christ, of course. Of course it's the lady in the picture. Why wouldn't it be? My of love. Of course, who else would I'm it be? I'm haunted. Yeah, clearly this guy is, like, very sensitive, and I wonder if it's passed down through generations. Maybe the person that uh, submitted the story, they don't know they have these abilities until they get older and they have children. Ooh, could be good. Could be some juicy stuff coming in a couple years. Seriously, we got to keep following up with that person. (laughs) Okay. Okay, what do you have? Let's see. You know what? I'll do this one first. It is titled, My First Deployment. I've been having a hard time on deciding if I should tell my story on here or not, but I want to put my story out there to normalize the situation that I had experienced personally. On November 15th, 2015, I was already a couple of months into my deployment in Gotemba, Japan. We were supposed to be building a small parking lot for the local population along with other various projects to strengthen our relationship with Japan in general. We'd finish up a long day of work and to truck back to the barracks. A group of my coworkers were planning to go out that night and asked if I wanted to tag along. It was ramen yep. night after all, so of course I couldn't say no. At that time, to as the as that time to walk to the gate rolled around, we had a little safety brief about what to do and what not to do, etc. But what caught my attention was the last thing that my IPO put out. Apparently, there had been a rumor that there were a couple of local killings that were happening in the surrounding area, and the suspect was described as not having any facial features. Dot 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 bullshit dot 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 that was the (laughs) only thing that went through my head when that bit of information was put out because who would believe in such utter nonsense of your typical from your typical ipo anyways with that being said in a group of four myself included headed down the hill exited the gate and began our trek down this big ass hill now leaving this base and going down the hill is like taking a trip from the past and going to the future the and the further down you go the more it starts to replicate tokyo from the occasional house Uh, From the occasional house, cemetery pattern, to a full city of stores and restaurants ready to explore. But anyway, after we spent the day um, with items from shops and stuffing ourselves with the best food we ever had, it was time for us to go back, and we only had 30 minutes to curfew. There weren't any taxis around, and everyone seemed to be headed back home for the night. Then someone pointed out the old city bus that was just by the grace of God happened to be coming back up the hill in the same direction we were going. So we all hopped on and sat in the back trying to our best not to disturb others. That's when I just happened to look out the window and for what seemed like a good minute, time stood still. And by the next bus stop on the opposite side of the street, I saw her. Believe me, I thought I was fucking going crazy. I mean, how is this possible? She had on, guess Lily, a long white dress <laughs> and had long black hair that came down to her waist. But when she lifted her head up, there was no facial features at all. I damn near punched my friend in the arm and yelled out, look out the window. And when he did, he went pale. So we went, we both went and sat back down and tried to rationalize what the fuck we just saw. But nothing, and I mean nothing, could explain it. 
Eventually, we finally made it back to the gate and checked in before curfew ended, and we went and sat down in the common area to talk about what we saw. That's when my two other co-workers entered the room and asked what was going on, which then we pretended like nothing had happened at all. <laughs> then he asked, hey, did y'all hear that lady say, don't look out the window, something about she'll see you? Man, I swear, there's some crazy people in this world. This was the last thing I wanted to ever hear because it only validates that we, what we saw wasn't a dream but had been real life, and for the rest of our deployment, we never left that base again. For those that made this... Uh, made it this far thank you for letting me share my story with you and yes i went to therapy about it but of course they all say that it was simply a trick of the mind but anyways again thank you for your time well i'm glad everyone's okay yeah first of all but uh, the fact that the other guy saw it too and there is a common occurrence of seeing this woman in that area i don't think it's a trick of the mind i don't think so either honestly I think it would be a trick of the mind if it was just, you know, the person who wrote this who saw it or uh-huh. just the person's friend. But, you know, there's power in numbers and there's strength in that. And there is, you know, the story seems pretty valid. thousand percent. and thousand percent. All right, Lily, so what's your next story? My next story is called Experiences I Had While Living in a Haunted Death House. Ooh, okay. Hi, I'm Trinity, and from the ages of 7 to 8, I lived in a small house surrounded by woods in the little town where my parents grew up. We bought the house from my, quote, aunt, who got it when her parents died. Um, We later found out she moved because the hauntings were too much for her to handle. She uh, claimed to see apparitions of her father through different stages of his life, just walking around the property all day even sometimes just standing in the front yard, staring through the large front windows nonstop for hours. There was definitely more, but that's all she told me, probably because I was a terrified seven-year-old. <laughs> I'm shocked she even told me, uh, I'm shocked she even told me that, but my experiences were somehow even more insane. And to this day, I'm 14 now, me and my parents still remember most of them vividly. The most terrifying one I can remember happened um, in the living room. To understand the story, you have to get the gist of what the living room looked like. There were two large doorways on the right side of the room. That One led to the front door, and it was placed at the end of a long hallway that led to all the other bedrooms. The other one led to the dining room. I hope that that makes sense. I'm terrible at explaining things. <laughs> so one night, me and my family were watching a movie, I think, and I woke up by myself on the living room floor. I remember sitting up and immediately scanning the room for my parents, I looked up at the first doorway and there was a large man just standing there smiling Mm. and smoking a cigarette, just staring at me. He looked almost shocked to see that I was awake and he just stood there smiling and waving. I just remembered being so scared and in shock. I hid under my blanket thinking I was hallucinating. I mean, what I was seven. What else could I do? After about five minutes of hiding under my blanket, I got up and looked back at the doorway, and I was crying at this point, and the man was still standing there. But he looked a little different. His cigarette was gone, and he wasn't smiling anymore. Now he looked furious. Mm. He wasn't waving anymore either. He was just standing there pissed. I didn't know what else to do, so I ran as fast as I could past him and into my parents' room. According to my parents, I was screaming and hysterically crying, yelling, Daddy, Sarah's dad's in the living room, and he looks angry. Sarah was my best friend at the time. Her name was changed for the purpose of the story. My dad was so confused 
But after talking to me for a little longer, we realized it wasn't Sarah's dad, but probably just an older white guy. <laughs> I think my parents just assumed we were getting robbed, so my dad grabbed a shotgun from the closet and had my mom lock me, her, and all my siblings in the bedroom. After about five minutes or so, he called us out into the living room, and I was in shock. No one was in there, but every door and the window in the house had been unlocked after my mom swore up and down she locked them before bed. To put in perspective, the living room and dining room had windows pretty much on every wall, so it would have taken a while to go through and unlock them all. Not to mention the fact that there were large boot prints by the front door. My parents were asleep and really young at the time. In their early 20s, neither of them were... In their early 20s, neither of them were big enough to make boot prints that big. Okay. Um, my dad just assumed someone had broken in and saw my seven-year-old self in the living room and realized my family was home, so he left. But when my aunt came over about a week later, she had me describe what the man looked like. I told her that she looked like that he looked like my friend Sarah's dad, and he seemed nice, but I was scared he was going to hurt me and grape my stuffed hippo. She looked shocked and scared. She quickly explained to me that the man wasn't going to hurt me and that the man was her dead father. And he was just watching over us. Um, and he was just watching over us from heaven. I think she was trying to make it seem like something it wasn't, so I wouldn't be scared. But she quickly ran inside and told my parents all about her experiences. Let's just say no one ever slept in the living room ever again. We moved out soon, but for unrelated reasons. But still, the thought of that house sends chills down my spine. And the reason I put aunt in quotations is because I can't really remember what she was. I think she was a great aunt, but I'm not sure. I just remember calling her auntie. The end. Huh. That was kind of horrifying. I am just hoping that the stuffed hippo is still okay. And great. everything is... <laughs> And everything is well with the stuffed hippo. That's all I fucking care about. As long as the stuffed True. hippo is okay. No, but no, seriously. Like, that is... That is... A and then the fact that she's like, oh, this looks like my friend's dad. I can only imagine what the parents thought. Like, is this guy, like, stalking my kid or something? Or Oh, God. Yeah, that's That's the terrifying experience for everyone all around. Yeah, because you... I mean, you don't really know what you're up against. You're listening to a child that, you know, unfortunately... Sometimes people really don't believe in kids because they think it's their imagination, but clearly the kid is visibly upset over something and, like, freaked out. So it's like, like, yeah. what, like what do you do at that point? When it comes to paranormal, there's not a lot of resources, so. Yeah, there's not. But that's why we're here, to talk to you about where you can go and how you can, um, if you're dealing with a paranormal entity, how you can alleviate it or seek help. Because I feel like through this community, we've met so many people that are ghost hunters that like, they just, you would not expect them to be ghost hunters. Like they're just like everyday people that just want to help, which is awesome. All right. So my next story, hopefully that isn't one that we've done before, um, <laughs> is titled, my grandma cursed my family. I'm Betsy. Oh, what a loving grandmother. Right? Just grandma things. 
Hi, I'm Betsy and I'm 22. I come from a Mexican family and I'm first generation American. We live in the US and my grandma resides in Mexico. I apologize if this is a long thread and if you have any questions, please feel free to ask them. When I was 11, our old home was haunted. We would see shadows, our things would move or go missing, we would get touched aggressively, and we would hear people have conversations at night, but we lived in an isolated industrial area. We barely had neighbors. At 12 years old, my parents had taken me to a medium and she confirmed our experiences and even let us know that something dark was attached to us. At the time, I was angry for no reason and I hated everything and everyone. I was also suicidal even though I knew I loved my life and family. When I was outside the home, I actually felt normal and happy. I was getting attacked emotionally and physically. Something would try to pull my covers so I could fall off the bed, and I would wake up with unaccounted for bruises. I was beat, and I couldn't sleep anymore. If I did, it was only for a few hours. The medium had confirmed that this was a demonic entity, and it was sent to us purposely. My family was suffering because we didn't know how to fight and fight something we can't see. As the energy in our home got worse, my parents thought it was best that we move. We moved into a new home, and it felt good to live in a place with good energy. A couple months into our move, my dad decided to get his parents a visa to visit the U.S., even though he knew his parents didn't like us or my parents' marriage. (laughs) Okay. He did his best to give them everything they didn't have. Also, my dad was in denial about his mother's feelings and behavior. They stayed in our home for six months. When my grandma would make lunch, she didn't like when we ate her food. They took over my parents' room and told my mom to sleep on the futon. Of course, my mom swallowing her pride, she accommodated. My grandma didn't like when we would go into our room, our parents' room because we were intruding they finally left and activity started to pick up again again we would see shadows but this time they would come out of the mirror the furniture would creak if someone applied pressure to it and you felt as if you weren't alone because you were uh, even though you were my mom had stated this is happening because of my grandma but of course my dad didn't believe it my mom and my sister began to talk curse and scream while they were sleeping i started to sleep paralysis again and i would get scratched in threes and had bruises i couldn't sleep or experience my new home in peace my grandparents had visited again two more times the last time they waited till my dad was at work and they packed their things and left their excuse (laughs) (laughs) their excuse for that was my mom my mom did her best even though they would belittle her in her own home my dad was heartbroken because he would do his best to provide and they disowned him in 2019 my dad traveled to mexico to say her goodbyes to a dying to say their goodbyes to a dying cousin people in the village had let my mother know that my grandma was in fact a bruja which is a witch and she was known for doing dark magic and would let people know that my mother wasn't the woman for her son while my mom was gone i was being attacked Things were being thrown aggressively, and photos of my mother fell off the shelf. Whatever was in our home was waiting till my mom and dad were far away, was far away to hurt me and my little brother. When they came back, um, she, let, she let us all know, and of course my dad was devastated. He felt guilty because they were using him and because she was mean to us. We consulted another medium, and she came to our home and confirmed that something was sent to our home to hurt us. We found out that my grandma had stolen one of our knickknacks, had she had left her personal things in our house and hid them in the closet and she also let left dark magic work in our backyard because behind the shed and in the dirt it turns out she had been cursing us for years but we just can't seem to get rid of the work she had done (laughs) oh my god i went to visit my grandma and she hugged me and cried crocodile tears because she missed me so much i've been experiencing this since i was a kid and i'm 22 now i know it's a demonic entity because i've seen it in its form and i've seen others too they still haunt me and attack me till this day 
They like to follow me from home to my boyfriend's house. When I sleep, they're in my dreams, and they like to hold me down while I'm in sleep paralysis mode. I do my absolute best to protect myself spiritually, and I feel less scared and stronger now. Whenever my grandpa did this, whatever my grandma did is strong, but I was told that when one demon knows you, they all know you. I hate that this is my life, and I don't seem to know anything else beside it and don't have anywhere else to confide in. Yeah. Holy crap. Well, first of all, fuck you, Grandma. Bitch. Yeah, what a shitty grandma. My right? grandma fakes me cookies, and my other grandma makes me, like, pasta and does other stuff that doesn't involve food. They don't curse me. Especially after you provide a place for you to stay for six months, you're just going to curse the whole family? What, what a bitch. Fuck? What a bitch. You know what? Mm. I don't wish bad on people, but ugh, I just did a little spell with my hands on that old lady. <laughs> I'm a, I'm so pissed at the story. I don't even know the girl personally, but fuck you, Grandma. Okay, let's move. <laughs> let's move it on. <laughs> What's your next story? Okay, this one is called "Seen It with My Own Eyes," and it's really long, but it's 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 good. I skimmed it. I I, I can vouch for it. Hello, everyone. Here's my story, and I did see it with my own two eyes. In all honesty, I'm still trying to process what happened months after it's taken place. I try and apply logic to everything in life. Smiley face. <laughs> I look forward to your comments. Enjoy. Another smiley face. It was about 9.30 in the morning and I was digging around in the kitchen. Made a coffee and then started stirring it. I have an open kitchen with the refrigerator at the corner leading towards the hallway. Stirring my coffee and catching me in the corner of the eye, I saw my 14 to 15 month old son doing something peculiar. Appearing from the view of coming down the hallway and passing the fridge, he was sidestepping sideways with his finger pointed towards down the hall. I didn't know what to think, but it took all of my attention Attention, where he, he was step-by-step step at a consistently slow pace with his attention locked down the hall, sidestepping, eyes locked, finger pointed. After watching about two feet of him doing this past the fridge, I see a penguin toy trailing him, standing perfectly straight up, appear from my view, as he did as he did on the same path. I'm watching him and his toy at the same pace gliding across the floor. My mind is confused. He keeps walking sideways and in a continuous line for another few feet until he bumps up against the cupboards in his path. His attention is solely on this object when it and it then turns and comes directly towards me as he bumps into the cupboard, eyes, finger, and focus still on it. This wasn't an abrupt turn. It was a curve. It traveled another two feet in its turn and then stopped in front of me, his focus and finger pointed to it. My world stops. I reach down and pick it up. It weighs about five pounds and has a circular bottom and a cone top full of air, and, and is about 16 inches tall. It's a newborn's toy in the shape of a penguin. It belongs to us. As I said, I picked it up by its ear, and I looked at the bottom, and it's plastic. It has no wheels. I then take my hand and cover the whole toy with my arms more times than normally, looking for a string. Then I look for a battery opening. Nothing. I put the toy down, realizing what I just witnessed, processing the information, give it a small kick, and it rocks back and forth just as it was meant to do. I'm in shock, and my boy was just standing there. This is a toy. If it moved, it's built to rock back and forth at the slightest motion. It was standing straight up on end and glided across the floor. Didn't rock one bit. Glided and stopped on end. 
I grabbed this toy and ran it downstairs and threw it in the garbage. I called for my wife and told her what I just witnessed, my mind spinning. We've been in this house for 45 days, and now I have thought of something playing, and now I have the thought of something playing with my son to think about. In talking with my wife, she didn't want to share what she thought she was with the whole time we were there. She spoke of hearing the distinct sounds of our child's matchbox cars laid out moving around in the night, and she claimed she set out cars on the table and they would be in different places in the morning. Being a logical person, I tell her I believe her. I order, but I, I believe her, but in order to come to the, that conclusion, she should take photos before and after to know for the fact. She simply tells me she knows. We then speak of maybe putting some flour out and perhaps a video and seeing what we're dealing with. My thoughts are still of the concern that something could be and may have been playing with our son for who knows how long, and I don't think we should continue to allow this to happen. But if we're going to sleep, to maybe just do these little tests on the side as it's happening. After a day and sleeping on it, I thought the paranormal consume. I thought of the paranormal consuming me, and then I saw something. It was undeniable. I started an internet search and find some local paranormal companies. I've never called one before, and I've had one other paranormal event before this, but it was towards me and not my small child. Um, a man answers the phone, and I just spill everything out as it happened. I send photos of the toy as reference to show him the impossibility of this toy not being able to move the seven feet it did. We spoke of any past experiences in our past. Who was in the house? Did anyone pass away recently? If I knew the history of the house, how long I was in it. And he searched his database to see if he's ever visited it in the past. We hit it off and he was very understanding and he believed me. I spoke to him of how me and my wife wanted to sprinkle flour on the table. Um, sprinkle flour on the table and perhaps the floor to see prints of our guests in the night. He said, stop right there. I asked, what? He said, do you really want to see what's happening? I reply, I am a bit curious. It isn't exactly an everyday event. True. <laughs> this gentleman and I get into a conversation of his past experiences, warning me of what I may be expecting to see and the other possibilities that I may not see something of this world. My body shakes and shudders. I've gone cold. I ask, not of this world. You've seen things? He replies, yes but I can't get into it, and I don't think it's something you'll ever get back. I oblige. He then speaks of projects he's worked on currently and in the past. There are things that happen at his job, um, and his job is not to catch the entity or ghost or whatever is in my house. His job is to make whatever it is go away. It's about living peacefully in the house and dealing with the event in short order, whether that's giving us guidance and advice or if we wish... Um, or, if we wish, directing us to contact with people who can bless the house and, if the activity is strong, to monitor and record it. He asks what route we wish to travel. I personally didn't want a flurry of activity at the house, as that would be entertaining it, so I opted to monitor the situation and progress as the situation goes. He reminded me that I don't entertain this activity, communicate with it, and give it attention any attention whatsoever. He told me if something is happening in the moment to speak very loudly, let the spirit or other or others know that this is your home and it is not welcome and it won't be entertained and to leave. I ended the call with a lot of thanks 
And if things progressed, I would call him back and let him know. I can say nothing beyond that has happened. Um, and then we have just some little notes here. Um, I have a son that passed that passed a day after his first birthday many years ago. So I took into consideration and spoke to our paranormal contact that it could be a possibility, and he agreed. I've read other posts on here, and I've had comments in the past related to this story. I'm not a religious person, but I do have religious friends, and they and this paranormal fellow did have the same advice, surprisingly, in a lot of areas. Don't entertain it. Don't acknowledge it. Don't try and communicate with it. My Christian friend relayed a quote I was to say regarding Jesus, to which at this moment I've forgotten, but I will post in a future edit when I confirm the exact quote. Also, if you look into my other post, I'm reluctant to say, but I could be tied to. I have telepathic abilities from time to time. I literally hear another's thoughts, another's thoughts or voice in my head and repeat it to them within the moment of hearing it. It's been happening for 13 years, and I have sought out someone to research this during this world lockdown. It was my primary focus in joining Reddit to put on record and make contact with someone. And then we're back to the story, I think. Um, after speaking to some people within the community, it's possible to say in that moment my child was practicing telekinesis. I'm very logical, and I had hesitation on posting this story after coming to the conclusion that this may not have been a definitive paranormal experience. I won't pretend I'm absolutely sure this was a spirit, hence all the extra notes. But I did see what I saw, and my child was in that exact moment with me and acknowledged it. I'll let your mind decide. And that's really the end. Wow. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah. That is a lot. Um, but and did, did he say where he found this paranormal uh, contact? How he Online. Online? That's, yeah. yeah. I just, I can't even, I mean, the, the telekinesis, like, do you believe that this person has telekinesis? Like, do you think that this is, the, the reason why he's experiencing these things is maybe it's, like, genetic, that... It's been this this gift of being able to communicate with the paranormal has been passed down through generations. I think it's quite possible. I think the sun, um, I mean, obviously my first guess, though, is just that it's a spirit and that his, like, telepathic, like, tendencies or whatever are just kind of unrelated. Okay, yeah, I could see that for sure. And do you think it's the sun that passed away that, like... Kind of. I think it might be the spirit of the son who passed away who was playing with someone about his own age. Yeah, I think that's sweet and comforting to know. Definitely. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to tell myself. Yeah, because that's a lot. Um, but hopefully he's gotten a lot of that figured out. When was this posted? Uh, this was posted yesterday. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's I great. moved fast. I was going to say, that's a, wow, that's a really recent story. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. My next story is titled, One Last Ride with Dad. My father lost his battle with cancer back in 1997. I was just a boy when he passed on. When people ask me if I remember my dad, I tell them I kind of do, but not in the traditional sense, like you'd have a movie playing in your mind of childhood memories, etc. I liken my recollection of my father to flipping through an old fo- photo album. I see snapshots of our time together, but the pictures don't move. I can feel the emotions, I can hear his voice, I can remember him, but the images in my mind are still. A couple years back, 07, 08, 
I was headed home after finishing a late poker, a late night poker game. This is a time before apps like Uber, Lyft, and Grab, so I hail a good old-fashioned taxi from the train station and tell on my address. The first thing that strikes me about the car is the unique scent of its air freshener. It's old school and reminded me of the one that used to be in my dad's car more of a decade previously. I pay it no need and just smile at the scent of nostalgia. As the journey goes on, the cabbie starts to make small talk. After happy to oblige... I engage him in a pleasant conversation, mostly about my life, what I've been up to, etc. Narcissistic sounding, I know, but for some reason it didn't feel odd at all. We turn down the street to my apartment and the cabbie tells me he knows the area as he has family that lives there. Condominium at the end of the road on the right, right? He asks. Yep, that's the one, I reply. There are two condominiums at the end of the street, so I'm thinking there's a 50-50 chance he'd guess right. No big deal. <laughs> we get to my block of flats and I thank him for the ride and pay with a nice tip. Thankfully, I had a winning session on the poker table that night. He thanks me and wishes me a good night. What he says next didn't quite re- register with me until I got out of the cab. You have a good night now, Sonny. Tell the songbird I said hi. I thanked him and got out of the cab. I saw it head up the street towards the dead end where nor- cars normally would make a U-turn to get back out of my condominium just behind the next block of flats. Then the, realize- then the realization hit me. Surely that didn't just happen. I replayed the events of the cab ride over and over again in my mind. The conversation we had, the familiar smell of of the car's air freshener. I couldn't remember being able to make out the driver's face in the rearview mirror, mostly cast in shadow since it was well past midnight. I stood just below my block of flats for a good 10 minutes waiting for the cab to head back past me so I can get a better look, but it never came back. I walked up the street to the dead end and the cab was gone. Strangely enough, I didn't feel creeped out at all. I walked back to my flat and called it a night. The next morning over breakfast, I asked my mom if Dad had any any nicknames for her when he was alive. Songbird, she said. He used to call me his little songbird. Tears welled up in my eyes. I told her the story of what happened the night before, and we both sat at the table hugging each other and crying. They weren't sad tears, though. They were happy ones. We both felt at peace knowing he was still looking out for us. There is life after death, my friends. Take comfort in that, and Dad, thanks for one last ride. Oh my god, I have goosebumps. My I almost started are, like, crying reading all that. Prickly. Oh, that's such a sweet. I one. know. That's so sweet. Why are we crying in the club right now? I, I almost cried. I'm crying in the club right now. <laughs> oh god, that was so nice. I needed that after these scary stories. I know. All right, Lily, oh what's your god. next story to ruin the mood again? Right. Okay, let's do this. This is called a knock on my bedroom door while I'm sleeping. So this is the second time that this has happened to me. The first time was three days ago. I woke up by a knock on my bedroom door. Not multiple knocks, just one single knock. Very loud and very strong. My house has two floors and my bedroom is located on the second floor, away from the entry of, away from the entry, of course. My parents' room is located downstairs and they never walk around the house in the middle of the night, so I know it's not them. And besides, me and my parents, and besides me and my parents, there's no one in the house. When the knock wakes up, my heart kind of, when the knock wakes me up, sorry, I can't read the story for some reason. I'm just, my eyes stopped working, I guess. (laughs) When the knock wakes me up, my heart starts racing and I kind of get freaked out, but eventually I go back to sleep with no worries. I never opened the door after I heard the knocks. The first time this happened, I didn't check the clock, but the second time I looked at the phone and it was four something in the morning. I'm in the middle of some big changes in my life. My boyfriend will be moving to my country in a few months, and we are getting married and getting a house. Until then, I was supposed to go visit him on my week off from work, which was which probably won't be happening because of the coronavirus. 
I won't be able to leave the country. So that got me really stressed out and worried that I'm not getting and I'm not getting proper sleep since I'm trying to get things done. I've also done some research on the knocking and I found all kinds of answers. Spirits knocking, omens, a warning or a message, astral projection, good news, bad news, love, money and even death. I even got more confused. I got even more confused and I have no idea what this means. <laughs> since I'm going through all these changes, does the knocking have anything to do with that? Is it some type of message? Is it good news or bad news? Or is it just me and the fact that I've been really stressed out thinking about my situation and not getting much sleep? I also have a lot of anxiety. Can someone help me find the answer? Well, I definitely think that right now we're all in like a state of panic and anxiety. And I know a lot of people, there's a lot of articles being written about nightmares are a lot more common now with people. And a lot of people are getting like the same kind of dreams because it's all relative to like the COVID-19 and everything like that um so I mean while it easily could be paranormal like I mean it is not normal activity to hear knocks and you know have that sense you know but I also do think too we have to take into account like our emotions are so heightened right now and we have so many things on our mind that normally we wouldn't have you know we're all we all don't know when the next time it is we're going to go back to work and we don't really know when this virus is really going to be ending, yeah. if it's ever going to end. So I definitely... And that's scary. Yeah, it's so scary. Um, it's the unknown. So yeah. um, I think that we have to take into account, you know, if we are experiencing things that are not necessarily normal to us, like take a step back and, you know, it could be something psychological where, you know, like you're placing things in your head, but it's really just your anxiety from you know, the current situation or whatnot. But um, I think if it is a message, like just following your intuition and like whatever you think is meant to be said with that knocking, then that's what's meant to be said to you. And you just have to like follow that, that gut feeling that you have and, you know, listen to the message. Yeah. What do you think? think? I think you're right. Okay, let's see. Okay, so my next two stories are pretty awesome. Um, I'm not going to give the, I specifically left this last one. Uh, that we're going to do, like, the absolute last one because I thought you'd really like it. But this one I'm going to do now is Orlando Ghost Stories. Ooh. So, my roommate works at Universal Studios in Diagon Alley. The employees who work there can be moved to different stores when help is needed. The Diagon Alley has a smaller hidden nocturne alley hidden behind the cherry shop, the cherry shops showcasing pastries and magic bubble gum. Borgen and Burke is the only store located in that smaller section of the Wizarding World, and it is meant to be creepier than the rest of the alley. To make it more realistic, Universal bought a lot of the decorations in that store from estate sales. There's one mirror that hangs over a trunk in the corner that guests and employees have sworn that when they look into it, they see a woman standing behind their reflection. However, when they turn, she's gone. This happened so often that instead of having the mirror at a level where someone could look into it, it was suspended so that the spirit couldn't be bothersome by guests and vice versa. I used to I used to work for the Spring Hill Suites across from SeaWorld. A couple years back, a woman checked into room 1509 and then walked to the CVS across the street to buy a pocket knife. When she got back to her room, she offed herself. Oh, that's a nice way to say it. Offed herself. Okay. Well, the housekeepers and housemen used to come to the front desk to tell us about how they saw a woman walking down the hall who just disappeared or would turn the corner, and when they turned that same corner, she was gone. Housekeepers who clean that room will have drawers and cabinets open on their own, and the engineer who found her smells carnations, flowers associated with death, anytime he gets on the elevator on that side of the building. 
That's all I really have, but I recently read that Wall Street in downtown Orlando used to be City Hall and a jail in the 1800s, and was wondering if any of the bartenders who've worked there have had any stories to tell? Stay safe, y'all, and wash your hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is some... Not, I've never been to Orlando Studios, the uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, so I definitely would love to go when the pandemic is not as crazy, when all this subsides. I would love to yeah. go. I'd love, love, love to go. Squad trip. Let's go. We should do that. Have some boo things. Meet we us should. down there. That'd be so fun doing like a meet and greet in Florida. Are you kidding me? That's a oh dream. Oh my God. That would be so cool. Being I like that that's what we taken away from the story. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lesson from the story. We're all going to have a meet up when the pandemic's over. In, <laughs> in, um, in Universal Studios. That's it. Bye. Yes. All right, Lily, what's your last story? Okay, my last story. This is a bit of a fun one. Okay. Um, so it's called Possibly Paranormal, and I was thinking we could read it and then have a discussion over whether or not we think it's paranormal, even though that's what we do after, like, most <laughs> stories anyways, now that I think about it. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. I live in the Denver metro area of Colorado, and I am very interested in the paranormal. I even went to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. A few weeks ago, at about 10.30 p.m., I went downstairs to make some food. I'm staying at my parents' house while moving at the time. My parents' house has two stories with a landing and lights that light up the whole, stairs, the whole upstairs hallway and the stairs and landing. Two of the five lights go out and back on every couple of hours sometimes one over the landing and one at the end of the hall. I left my bedroom and the hall lights were all on. I kept walking and walked down the stairs until the light under the lights. And as soon as I step under it, it goes out. I think, okay, well that happens often. Not a big deal. I walk down and into the kitchen where there is a pile of silverware that was recently washed across the kitchen from where I was. I grabbed an orange and a cutting knife from a drawer and started peeling the orange and about halfway through, I heard the, the distinct sound of the cutlery behind me shifting or someone dropping the silverware onto the rest of the pile. This slightly unnerves me, but I finish peeling and go upstairs. The light is still out. I go up, and when I step under the light, you guessed it, it turned back on. This time, however, all the lights went out one by one down the hall, leaving the one I'm under on. After I go into my room, nothing else happens. A few days later, I kept hearing footsteps in that hall, but I can never find anyone when I go check. Could this be paranormal or just a coincidence? Am I just being paranoid? The end. Hmm. I feel like I wouldn't... Hmm. I feel like it's kind of a mix. I feel like the footsteps, hearing the footsteps could be paranormal. Yeah. Right, hearing the sounds, but the lights could just be a coincidence. But that doesn't make it any less scary. Oh, definitely. Um, I would agree because, I mean, with the light situation, I mean, I, I've had lights flicker here, but I would never equate that to being paranormal just because I just think, especially, like, where I live, there's, like, a lot of trees and stuff, and when it gets windy, sometimes it may knock on one of the electrical poles or whatever. But... I would say the footsteps are the creepiest, especially if you're not living in a place that is like a, an apartment or a condo where there's thin walls. Mm -hmm. Like for me, yeah. I can never say that footsteps around here could be anything because our walls next to our neighbors are really thin. And I mean, I could hear them screaming at each other 
next door <laughs> and I could be on the other side of the house. So, you know, it's hard for me to be able to prove that it's paranormal footsteps because of that situation. But I don't know. Did it say this person lives in an apartment or a condo? I don't remember. Did it say? I think they live in a house because they a said house. two stories, so, but yeah. it could be a condo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Oh, no. Or like a townhouse. I I don't know. The world may never know. I think we can agree that it's, that the footsteps are possibly paranormal. The lights, not so much. Just a weird coincidence. Okay, cool. All right. My next story, and I saved this specifically last for you, Lily, because I thought you'd appreciate it, is an experience before going to Walt Disney World, 1996. Oh, I love Disney World so much. So, it was November 1996, and I was nine years old. I grew up in Woburn, Massachusetts, in a house where my grandmother lived with us in her own in-law apartment in the basement. My parents and brother had already begun their long journey of driving to Florida. I had stayed behind with my grandmother because we were going to be flying down the next day with my aunt, uncle, and cousins. Instead of sleeping in my own bedroom that night, I slept downstairs in my grandmother's bedroom. I remember stirring and waking up around 4 a.m. I sat up in the bed and looked around the room. There was a figure standing near the door that led to the garage. What was even more bizarre was that this figure was only about a foot and a half tall. I remember squinting and letting my eyes adjust, and yet the figure was still there. I was so terrified that I rolled over, faced the other direction, and shut my eyes as hard as I could. My troubles didn't end there. More experiences happened even after arriving in Florida. We stayed off property at the Days Inn in Kissimmee, which is now called the Celebration Suites. All of the events that we experienced in Florida happened on our very first night at the hotel. Throughout the night, our hotel room received a number of unnerving phone calls. My mother was the one who answered them all. I remember one of the phone calls was a guy who was telling her that he had seen her at the party last night. And in another Ooh. phone call, a completely different voice was convinced that my mother was, in fact, their mother. They pleaded with her until she simply hung up. I remember my family and I being completely disturbed by these phone calls, especially my mother. It was especially unnerving because it was clear to everyone that these weren't prank calls. Each of them had been a different person. There was no laughing or snickering in the background, and the conversations themselves weren't based in humor whatsoever. The final thing that happened that night was definitely the worst out of everything. We all were woken by the sounds of laughing kids running by our room over and over again. This hotel is set up motel style, meaning that our door opens to the outdoors, with our room being in the middle of a long stretch of other hotel rooms. It had been after midnight. The kids would start on one end, run past our room, reach the other end, and turn around to start all over again. The sounds of laughter and sneakers trampling by the door was endless. My father sat up in bed finally, and he was pissed. He got up and made his way over to the door. As we all looked on, wondering what he was doing, he turned to us and made a shh gesture with his finger. It was then that I realized my father was planning on scaring the kids. He was going to wait until they were running right outside the door to fling the door open and yell at them or scare them off. He waited, and when the running and laughter was just outside our room, he flung the door wide open and yelled to no one. There was not a soul outside. Oh, shit. No running, no laughter, just the sounds of traffic and insects. The end. Wow. Yeah. So a haunted motel, that's great. Mm -hmm. Right outside of Disney World. Because, of course, you can never legally die in Disney. (laughs) Isn't that such a weird fact? Well, I mean, most places you're only you're only ever pronounced dead when you arrive at the hospital. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like, okay. I thought that dead was just at like the a scene Disney is thing. like for like really intense murders. Oh. I think. Oh, okay. Well, then that would make sense. Has anyone yeah. been murdered in Disney World? Not yet. 
I don't. I, oh wait, that sounded really ominous. That's not like <laughs> I'm gonna murder someone. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying. Lily, you need a strong alibi right now. I'm just saying, like they don't allow, <laughs> they don't allow like weapons in or anything. You know what yeah. I mean? So, but like you could always like strangle someone for sure. I don't care how old you are. Every time I visit Disney, it is the most magical place. I want to go back. I was. I know I was there in January, but I want to go back again. I haven't been there since I was for my 18th birthday. We went, and I fucking loved it so much. And I'd love to go back. And then I'd love to do. I'd love to go to all the parks in Disney, and then go to Universal. Yes, because I've never been, and I always want to go to the Harry Potter World and Universal. So that would be like perfect. We should go as soon as they open it back up, because there's going to be some deals. Lily, I am so serious. We should do it. Let's do it. Do like a week vacation. I am so down. Yes. All right, guys, you heard it first. Lily and I are going to go to Disney World slash Universal Studios when this is all over. Stay tuned. Yes. All right. So, Lily, do you have anything to say before we wrap up today's episode? Um, thank you for all your five-star reviews. I think we got two reviews sent in yesterday, right? Yeah, we got some good reviews. And the more reviews, if you send us your screenshot of your five-star review and the actual review you wrote with it, um, send us your mailing address, and I'm going to start sending out stickers to you guys. It's the least we could do because it really does mean a lot to us that you support us. And to those that aren't a part of podcasting, like you don't understand how important those reviews are for us. It's so, Mm -hmm. it's such like a minuscule thing in the grand scheme, but it really does, the more rates and reviews we get, we go up the charts and then that allows more people that are interested in the paranormal topic. If they're searching for paranormal podcasts, our podcast pops up. So don't be selfish. Share the love of just ghouly things with everybody. (laughs) Send it to your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your dog, your cat, whoever listens to podcasts or hasn't listened to podcasts yet. And we can break their podcast virginity. I wouldn't mind doing that. So, um, yeah. Thank you guys again so much for your support. We love you guys. So, uh, ready for the social medias? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. Follow us on Instagram at just Gooly Things Podcast. Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I was leaning into my phone and I swallowed my own spit. We're a hot mess. I forgot to add that. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Gooly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Gooly Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Bully Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at JustBullyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Thanks, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.